You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good evening. Welcome in. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kiley. Therese Paler alongside me tonight. You guys can get involved. The Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beers text line 69306. Therese always loves doing this show. He does. He sincerely enjoys doing this every week. Therese has a different kind of glow about him tonight. Than That's he typically right. does. That's right. And I think it might be because for the first time in 50 years, the damn Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. How are you feeling tonight, Therese? I'm, I'm, I'm excited because everybody knows where I grew up. I'm a proud Detroiter. It's fine. I lived here for 14 years. But I'm, I'm excited for the people here, to be honest. You're an honorary Kansas I'm, Cityan. We've yeah, claimed pretty much. You. Yeah, pretty much. And, like, honestly, you talk about my glow. You're the one with the glow. You're thrilled. Like, I wish you guys could see BK's face right now. And I'm going to tell you something, man. It is awesome to know because I've been to like four Super Bowls now. I'm excited thinking about all these Chiefs fans, many of you guys who in a lot of ways I kind of owe my career to because you guys continue to read me. You guys continue to support me. When I've gone on to Yahoo, you supported me at the Star. I'm very thankful. And, like, I'm actually really happy and really excited for you guys to go see the festival, the carnival of football that is the Super Bowl. And by the way, BK, we're not going to Minnesota. No, no. We're not going to New York. Ago. A great year ago. No Indy. There's no, no New Indy, York. No, no Minnesota. No we're no. going to Miami. God bless Guys, them. if you don't have a ticket, you need to take the week off and just go anyway. I'm not going to like, the game. No, I will not be at the Super Bowl. You don't need to. But I'm going to. to everything that I want yeah, to exactly. go to. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Like This is my pitch for you guys to go to the Super Bowl. Number one. If you can afford a ticket, go. Standing room only, go. The old narrative of it being like standing room only, like of it being like a corporate kind of uh, uh, like weak kind of atmosphere, that is not true. The last three Super Bowls really? I've seen have been lit. Dead serious. Yes. And this one's two passionate fan bases that haven't yes. seen it in a while, so you would yes. imagine it's, it will be that way as well. Yes, yes. With like, New England going, it's a little different because they've been well, to 27 of guess them. Guess what, so. though? Guess what, though? Patriots fans bring it, and you okay. know Eagles fans bring yeah, it. So sure. Falcons, Patriots, that comeback, that atmosphere was awesome too. And then last year's game, it was also my point is if you can swing it and actually get in the stadium, I mean, it's so fun. Even if, I mean, you'll remember if the Chiefs lose, but even if the Chiefs lose, you won't regret it. I'll also tell you this, those same Patriots fans who've seen the six Super Bowls, many of them will still tell you that the best one, the best moment was the first one because you don't expect it, and it's your first time having it. So if you can go, go. But I'll also encourage you guys to remember this. If you can't get in the stadium, it's still worth going because the NFL fan experience, if you love the game of football, is awesome. Exhibits, NFL, you know, NFL film stuff is all of it. So I'm, I got this glow because I'm happy for you guys, and you're going to get the chance to see something that's really, really cool. 69306 is the text line. We would love to hear from you guys throughout the show this evening. But the reason why we have this glow is because of Patrick Mahomes. Listen to this. Second and 10 as that Tennessee defense drops back. As long as tried to make a diving and tipped it. Mahomes who tipped those inside the 10. Still not down. Oh, what a run. Out of this world. <laughs> Touchdown, Kansas City. Rich Eisen tweeted right after the play. And this was moments later. And Rich Eisen is a guy that has – he does the NFL 100. Like, right. he is a historian of the game as well as co commentating on it currently. He said, quote, 
that Mahomes run is one of the greatest plays in the history of the NFL. We will be seeing it over and over forever and ever. It is that amazing. Given the stakes, mm-hmm. given, given what happened afterwards and what it meant for Kansas City and the franchise that he did it for, that's as big of a play as you can have Absolutely. in a game that's not the Super Bowl. Yeah. And it like I, I said this earlier today, <laughs> Therese, to to Carrington. It's really hard for Patrick Mahomes to surprise me at this point because he's I've seen him throw a, like, a, a pass left-handed. I've right. seen him on fourth and 19 throw it over the top. Like He's done everything you can do with throwing. That surprised me. And if you were going to say he was going to have a like wild play, you wouldn't assume it would be beating Rashawn Evans to the corner. A player like we talked to Reggie Ragland after the game about it. Like Ragland was like, he never seen Evans get beat to the corner. That's a really athletic linebacker. So he beats him to the corner. He stays in bounds. He's got the balance to do it. And he spins through two guys and scores. It was toughness. It was athleticism. It was a little bit of everything. And, like, in the moment, like, after it happened, I'm like, all right, that was just one of the greatest plays of his career. And, like, now that time has passed and you get to reflect on, he's had so many amazing moments, you know, um, for what it is. You could make a case it was the greatest play of his career for the moment. Absolutely. For what it meant. Like, because, honestly, I'm dead serious, BK. When he made that run and the Chiefs took the lead before halftime, so, I started writing my game column. I knew Tennessee wasn't winning that game. They did not play bad in the first half. Like, they had a lot of things going for them. They had a 17-7 lead. If you're Tennessee, that's the way that game has to start if you're going to upset the Chiefs. And guess what? It didn't matter. You went in a halftime down four anyway. That game was over at halftime, in my opinion. So I, I look at it that way, and I say, okay, this guy, Mahomes, is special. And I told you last week was an over-my-dead-body game. Having two of those in a row is a lot to ask for for anybody, let alone a 24-year-old quarterback. But for him to follow it up with an over-my-dead-body run? An over-my-dead-body run? Really? Guys, I think in 20 years I'm going to be in front of the room and I get to stand up in front of the Hall of Fame room. There's 48 selectors. And I pre- I'll present Mahomes' case and I'll stand up and I'll get to do the one thing that we reserve for only the greatest of players. I'll stand up, I'll look around the room, and i say, I nominate Patrick Mahomes, and then I get to sit right down because nothing needs to be said. That's what happened to Brett Favre, and this is the track we're on for this player. Listen to what Tony Romo had to say. This is about midway through the game. Listen to this, talking about what you're kind of mentioning there. Kansas City last week trailing 24-0. Everyone knew they'd have to lead at half, right? Of course. This week down again coming in. Nope, lead at the half. Got to watch it. This team is so explosive. Sam Mellinger had a great point in his column earlier today. Chiefs are now 4-0 when they fall behind by 10 or more points with Mahomes at quarterback this season. That's impossible. That should never happen. They did it against Oakland, Detroit, and each of the two playoff games now. I looked this up earlier today, Therese, because the Chiefs, in the second and third quarters, have been down at the start of that second quarter. Mm-hmm. 24-0 and 17-7 in these last two playoff games. Mm-hmm. And in those second and third quarters, on drives that started in one of those two quarters, Patrick Mahomes is 30-43 of 43 for 417 yards with six touchdowns and zero interceptions. But he didn't stop there. Also, nine carries, eight of which went for first downs, 110 yards and a rushing touchdown. Yeah. That is perfection. You cannot play you the position at a and higher level than what we've seen from Patrick Mahomes with his team against the wall, backs against the wall over the last two and, weeks. And I'm going to piggyback on that because my partner in the Yahoo Sports NFL podcast, and if you listen to this show, you should listen to that, by the way. Uh, Charles Robinson pointed this out. 
Um, Charles does not live in Kansas City, but he's been covering national fo- football at a national level for 20 years. He mentioned he said the Chiefs are basically like the 93 Bulls. The run is coming. Like, the run is coming. You might be leading by 20 to start the third quarter. It doesn't matter because the run is coming because they're more athletic than you, they're more explosive than you, and they've got the best player on the court at all times. And that will be Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs. You can take your 24-7 to lead, okay? You got a Hall of Fame coach, just like Phil Jackson. You've got a player who has a ceiling of maybe being the greatest player of all. That. That's there for Mahomes if mm-hmm. he can finish the job. He's 24 years old and doing things – you know, it takes guys years and years and years to do. So, yeah, like the parallel's real, which means that if you're an opposing fan base, this is going to start getting real old when they start winning titles because there's no point in any game where you're going to feel comfortable with your team with a lead on Mahomes, and we are very close, if we're not already there, to being at the point where you don't bet against Patrick Mahomes at any point ever. Oh, we're there. Okay. We're, 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 <laughs> no, I, I've bet against Deshaun Watson yeah, this postseason. Yeah, you know better. Yeah, I, I know people who have bet against Russell Wilson don't in the do playoffs. It. No, 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 no. And I, we're not doing that. Good luck. And good luck. I mean, I have to go back and find the last time you found a 24-year-old quarterback that's even in this discussion that you've been able to say that about. It's a good point. I don't want to lose sight of what you said previously, though, the comparison to the Bulls, because... It's so hard to be that in the NFL, man. It's incredible. It, it yeah. is. It's impossible. It, the Patriots are what they have done is so unprecedented because you, you can't do it for that extended period of time. We've seen the the Seahawks. Yeah. What the Seahawks yeah. did is what you're supposed to be able to do. It's supposed to be two, three, four years of an extended run, and that's an amazing accomplishment to be able to be a Super Bowl contender for three, four years. We've seen teams like that. There have been teams of the decade where right. the Colts in the 2000s or in the 90s, you've got the Cowboys. Like we've, we've seen those teams, but never an extended run like this. And so I had always just kind of chalked it up to after the Patriots, the mm-hmm. NFL is going to change. There's not going to be yeah, a you think reign it would of go supremacy. Back to the mean. Exactly. I don't think so. I don't think so. If, if, put it this way. If the, these Chiefs are the 93 Bulls, and they still have to finish the job, but this, that's the column I'm writing if and when they win, like, here we go. This is the next, this is the next Bulls. This is the Bulls in 91. Like, that's coming. But my point is, if that ends up being the case, then we're going to look back at the Patriots, and this is funny, but it's real, as the 80 Celtics. Like, that's who they are. Now, here's the thing. Brady and Belichick won more, but same city. Um, you know, they're very fundamental. That, that's how we'll end up looking at it. That's how that comparison would extend. I think, I think the greater point is, I think people here definitely appreciate what they're seeing in my homes. And I'll tell you this, you know, the confidence level is high, and it should be. Um, and it's about as high as Bulls fans. Like, it, it's for real. Um, so they just got to finish the job. The one went away. And the one went away from a, from a resume legacy-making victory for a lot of coaches and a lot of players on this team. It's interesting you get to that. Let's do that on the other side. Andy Reid on the verge of cementing his legacy as one of the greatest coaches in the history of the NFL. And there are a couple players in particular that I want to get to with Therese that have changed the way that we look at them based on what they did in the AFC Championship game. We'll do it all next. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. The Therese Paler Show, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kiley. He's Therese Paler. The Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beers text line is 69306. You guys can hit us up on Twitter as well. I'm at BK Sports Talk. Therese is at Therese Paler.
Taylor. So I wanted to talk about Andy Reid because we are now two weeks away from us coming on this show, Therese, and talking about how he has now cemented his legacy as being one of the greatest coaches in the history of the league. We all know mm-hmm. what he's missing. There's one thing That's missing it. from his resume. There's one thing. It's the title. He's now been to seven championship games. He's won two of them. This is his second time going to that Super Bowl. The one thing that has eluded him in his entire career is that Super Bowl. How significant would a win in this one be for him? It makes his, it makes his career. I mean, honestly, he is well thought of enough around the league. Like I was doing a little canvassing a little recently with other Hall of Fame. You know, he might he might get in the Hall of Fame anyway. Now that he's made it twice, I mean, we there is a there is a roadmap to make the Hall of Fame without a Super Bowl title as a head coach. Like he's just thought enough as a team builder, as a winner, somebody that's built multiple organizations, um, somebody whose coaching tree is ridiculously yep. large, someone who's brought the game forward with his play calling, and so like he's well, and then actually just a good person. He's made enough friends. I actually think it could happen anyway, but if he wins the Super Bowl, there's no. There's nothing you can say about him. Every little knack you've had against Reed, whether it's game management, doesn't come up big in big games, fatal flaw here. He won a Super Bowl, beat it, right? Like, it's the same number of Super Bowls Jimmy Johnson won, right? Bill Cowher, who just got in. It's the same number of – I'm sorry, not Jimmy Johnson, Bill Cowher. Same number of Super Bowls that Bill Cowher won, right? Like, it's the same. It's the same. So, for Andy to get – and he won't make this about him now – Andy's been doing this long enough to know. We're going to ask him, yeah, Andy, what does it mean to you? To, he'll be like, yeah, you know, it's about all these other people, right? But, but please know all the people around him who love him really, really, really want this for him. That's what stood out to me yesterday most about the postgame celebration. Kelsey coming oh. out and saying how he just wants this for Big Red. And the number of people, and I know it's Twitter, so it's stupid and it's silly, but the number of former players who came out and said, that's all real. I want is for Big Red to be able to get this Super Bowl. Like, that stuff really matters. I want to take a minute to appreciate that because you're right. Twitter is goofy. But it matters to me when players get on Twitter, ex-players, and say stuff like that. Because a lot of times I've found in this league, it doesn't always have to end that way. Players blame the coach for letting them go, right? Like a lot of times you start hearing the truth about guys after they've been cut, about coaches after players have been cut. But that is one guy I always hear like good things about from players. Like, you know, he made me a better player. Yeah, he shot me straight. Um, Yeah, I hope he can finally get one pretty consistently. And I I will say – that's a reflection what you saw on Twitter of like a lot of players that I've seen had a good good experience with Andy. So I look that the whole ecosystem, or at least the majority of it in the NFL, will be rooting for him to finally get this thing done. Because I mean, if he does, it, it's a you know he'll 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 go into the Hall of Fame, and it will be sooner rather than later after his retirement. The other thing that's kind of special about what we're about to watch with the Chiefs is he's not the only one with a lot on the line here. Like, in terms of legacy building, and I'm always interested in this stuff because of kind of what it means for them in the big picture of things, right? Not just the micro of going to the Super Bowl and winning it, but kind of looking back on these guys, and CDOT mentioned this earlier today, like, when you look at their Wikipedia page, what does it include on it? And that stuff kind of matters when you Mm -hmm. look back on things. Travis Kelsey, if he's able to to get a Super Bowl... With what he did in the divisional round and the yeah. game that he had there. Absolutely. I mean, especially if he has a big game, this could put him on that Hall of Fame path as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Because, like, 
listen, like Gronk's going to be the first team all decade tight end at Hall of Fame. Like that's happening for this decade. But Kelsey could be second, right? But there are some guys there that he's going to have to fend off. Gates, right? There's guys. So a Super Bowl title and more like continued good play, all pros, that kind of thing will be huge for him. And for like Kelsey to get to a Super Bowl so more people can see kind of who he is, and if he goes there and he plays well and has moments, that will matter. You are right. A Super Bowl title almost makes his Hall of Fame case too. Um, so, I, and look, we can go right down the line. There's a lot of Chiefs that could, like, really use this when we look at their football, um, you know, I mean, when think we look about at their football Matthews bio. Exactly. Like, when, you, when you think of their football bio, if they can say they were a captain on the 2019 Chiefs 50 years after they last won their Super Bowl, they won a Super Bowl. Andy Reid's first Super Bowl champion, you know, Badger, like you said. Yeah. That would be huge for him. Frank Clark, you know, he, these are guys who are in their prime and kind of need this to make their careers and be remembered as the ultimate champions and winners they want to be. And, like, well, you can go right down the line. So here's the thing, and I want people to know this. The players know this, okay? And they also know that their coach, who they love, needs this too. I talked to many players just off the record, on background, whatever, they know Andy needs this Super Bowl to be remembered the way he should be. They will be playing for him on February 2nd. I want to play this play for you because it was a big one in this game. And this is one of the guys that I think this playoffs has been the biggest beneficiary of. Here it is. Swings it way down the field to Watkins. Sammy Watkins for the touchdown. Okay, Sammy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. I heard C Dot had to be like, all right. You know, like people have been taking their little swings of Sammy Watkins. And look, the numbers haven't been great this year. Let's just no. be honest there. But listen, the $30 million touchdown catch, that's what that was. It clinched the Chiefs' first AFC title in 50 years. I think you look at it now and just say, it was worth it. Every penny. <laughs> Every single penny. Was it a smart contract? Of course not. You look back and you're like, man, that pro- probably shouldn't have done that one. Might that have been able to go said, to Allen Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, that would, that would have been probably the preferable route. In four playoff games, 20 catches for out. 360 yards and two touchdowns. Man, that is a dude who in the biggest of moments has mm-hmm. come up really big for the Chiefs. And we can sling all of our arrows at him. But I do think there is something to be said about getting him to January. I remember with the Patriots, Danny Amendola used to always be a guy that was hurt during the regular season. And it was always just a thing of, man, just get him to January. He's going to come up with big with a third and six where you're going to need him on the field. And when you've got this Chiefs, the way that the Chiefs are set up right now, and we saw this on display on Mm -hmm. Sunday, teams are going to double Tyreek. Okay. They're going to double Kelsey. (laughs) And somebody's got to get open and make the play. Aside when they try to play press press man covers against Tyreek. Yeah, that doesn't work out Good job. Have fun with a post safety. (laughs) Good luck there. But, no, you're right. That's Like, we've always talked about consistently. Like, let's give us some credit, you and I. You can take away Ty as long as you're not doing the press man stuff with no help. Um, And then if you're a good defense, you can also kind of do stuff to take away Kelsey at the same time. But everyone else is getting single coverage. And now you're asking Sammy Watkins to beat his man one-on-one. Theoretically, he should be able to do that. That's why they paid him. And guess what? You know, guys like him, guys like Damian Williams, guys like Demarcus Robinson, these are the guys that if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, they're going to have to make some plays. So there's another guy that you didn't mention in that group. He made some plays. He was really good on Sunday, and I didn't think he was going to play. 
talking about Chris Jones. Oh, yeah. And there was a report was that came out on Saturday. He was very unlikely to play in the game on Sunday. Right. And it sounds like he was – there was a significant injury going on. Sunday morning, CBS comes out with a report. Hey, yesterday was a good day for him. He actually has a pretty good shot to win. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. Chris Jones is going to play in this game? I'm looking at a stat from Next Gen Stats right now. When he was on the field on Sunday, seven pressures, three sacks for the defense. When he was off the field, one pressure, zero sacks for the defense. He was a game-changing presence. Yeah. I'll also give myself a pat on the back there because a couple hours for the game, I'm like, it's tracking like he's going to play. Um, and he did. And here's the thing. That's this, big, man. That, that's huge. Like, listen. I thought they were going to go to the Super Bowl without him having played, and I think that would have been a bad look for Chris. Like, I, I don't know that there was anything that I would have yeah, – I wouldn't I'd, have taken anything away from him, but if I'm the Chiefs general manager and I sit here and I'm like – good. You know, I'd, I – listen, it's a, look, it's a contract year. It is what it is. Like, it helps. And sure. it helped that he looked great. Like, it helped. He, he looked great. Awesome. Also, so, yeah. Like, I, I hear you. Like, you want to be available when your team needs you. Um you know, and guess what? He was available and he played well. And, you know, the San Francisco attack, and we'll talk about them later, but if, you, if you're going to be San Francisco, you do need Chris Jones. So the bye will help them. Like, the Chiefs get two weeks to prepare for these guys. Andy Reid is incredible on the bye. <laughs> Off the bye, man, like, it's set up, man. It really is. Just kind of finish what I was saying there, Therese, because I, I, I'm not trying to take away anything of what Chris Jones did or mm -hmm. what he is as a player, because I love Chris Jones. I think he's a fantastic football mm -hmm. player. What I'm saying is if he didn't play and the Chiefs did go to the Super Bowl and now you have made it through the divisional round and the AFC championship game without having Chris Jones on the field. Yeah, it, th there is when you're negotiating, <laughs> when you're when you're looking at this from the outside perspective, at least it's like, well, they didn't really need well, Chris Jones to go to the Super Bowl. And so it becomes a little bit easier to rationalize not bringing him back next year for the next two weeks. Because then he would play in the Super Bowl. Fair. And then if he was great in the Super Bowl, people now you, you get won. what I'm saying. Absolutely. So like, I get it. It's, it's a valid point. It's just now if he missed the Super Bowl and they still like, then it's like, whoa, we can't play. But you know what? Even if he didn't play these last two weeks, you could kind of sell yourself on not paying him, right? And just getting better in other ways. But yeah, like I, I don't know if I would say it was a tough look, but I would say like all these little things matter when it comes to like contract negotiation and pushing for the kind of contract that he quite frankly will be pushing for. It won't be cheap. It won't be a hometown discount, right? Like, yeah, you want to play in the AFC Championship game. You want to have a – and you want to play well. So, yeah, look, there's one step left for him too, right? He wants to play – you will get the game of Chris Jones' life. You know, the, the contract year is undefeated, but is the contract game? Oh, 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 God. Yeah, like, listen, that's the national spotlight – Chris Jones will get paid by somebody with a big Super Bowl. He will be ready to go, and he will play his tail off. We see this all the time. Remember the the Broncos when they won the Super Bowl? Guys like Malik Jackson, like those oh, dudes get played. paid because oh, they, they won a they Super Bowl. There's a the Super game. Bowl tax Von Miller's, that comes. Remember Von Miller's contract game, contract year? He was in the Super Bowl MVP. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, that's coming for him. These dudes get paid based on what they do in that game that's because right. it's a standalone game and you can sell your fan base on, look at what this dude just did in the Super Bowl. Right. Like, we're bringing that guy to your team now. And so that is a very real thing that is going to happen to a lot of these Chiefs, actually, coming off of this and they uh, know season. It. And they know it. And they're going to be looking forward to oh, it. Yeah. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. He's Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kylie. Coming up next, there's one other guy that I wanted to get to that was an X factor in the game on Sunday. Plus, 
it's very clear where the Chiefs' difference in mentality came from on the defensive side of the football. Oh, we yeah. saw that on full display after the game yesterday. We'll get into that next. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. The Therese Paler Show, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. He is Therese Paler. The Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beers text line 69306. If you got any questions about the Chiefs, if you got any questions about the Super Bowl, get those in. We'll get to those coming up here in just about 15 minutes or so. So, I said before the break that the Chiefs' defensive mindset, it was very clear where that came from, where the difference was coming out of that game. I will play a uh, quick clip from Frank Clark as to what he said after the game on Sunday, Therese. They must not know who I am yet. They're going to find out sooner or later when I got that ring on my finger. At the end of the day, we champions. AFC, that trophy that got my own last name on it, that the KC. That KC. Ain't no fall off. Last year, jump off sides, all that. I told him when I got here, there's no change. Look at that. That bleep is going to change. <laughs> Look at that bleep. Well, yeah, it did change. And what changed is the way that the def- defense was performing on Sunday. Therese, in the second half of his playoff games, Derrick Henry had 20 carries for 76 yards against the Patriots. He had 19 carries for 139 yards against the Baltimore Ravens, who had a good defense. On Sunday in the second half against the Chiefs, he had three carries for seven yards total in the second half. That's a mindset change. That's something that was different because of guys like Frank Clark and Tyron Matthew having that kind of impact on the game. That's exactly what Brett Beach wanted when he brought them in this offseason. Oh, yeah, and that's that's why I wrote that the first day of pads. I made sure I was in St. Joe the first day of pads because I knew Frank Clark couldn't wait to come hit, and I just wanted to watch Frank Clark talk trash. I couldn't wait. I was so excited about it. I remember, I like, so to take people behind the scenes as to what happens in, in uh, St. Joe, there's a media tent, right? And so all of us are just sitting up there in the media tent. We're watching from on far. We're at the top of this little hill. Well, on the other side of the field, 100 yards away, is where the linemen go to do their one-on-ones. It's offensive linemen and defensive linemen. We can't see anything from our tent if we're wanting to watch those. So, Therese, this is a rare feat. Very few media members actually <laughs> leave this tent. Therese leaves the tent, and we're like, where'd Therese go? I don't, I don't know, man. He's gone. He's tweeting out here, though. Where's he at? Oh, he's talking about what specifically Frank Clark is saying to the <laughs> offensive lineman, and he can't tweet very much of it. So he's over off on the other side, went completely around the stadium that to was be able veteran. to go watch them one-on-one. It was fantastic. That was veteran stuff. And let me tell you something. Frank Clark gave you a front-row view, like what to expect, like down the road, because like, I mean, I go. I actually just re up the story in case anyone's listening. Find it on my Twitter. Just I had to re up it for obvious reasons. But he told somebody to boss up, little boy. Uh, <laughs> and in retrospect, you know, like kind of makes sense because Frank will talk. But I, I love how much you enjoy Frank Clark, and I actually love how much Chiefs fans are enjoying Frank Clark because I feel like a well-rounded football team has a little bit of everything, personality-wise. It's got some soft-spoken guys. It's got some guys that are outspoken. It's got some guys that believe in playing things close to the vest. It's got some guys that are willing to willing to, to say what they're going to do and try and back it up. I think that gives you balance on a football team, and I actually think that does matter. Um, and I think that Frank Clark, with his willingness to talk trash, with his willingness to be outspoken, the way he challenges himself, his fierce competitiveness, 
I think he's really added something to that room. I really do. And it goes beyond the toughness, the warrior mentality. Don't forget, when he was getting crushed early in the year for his play, he wasn't as good as – I mean, he, he admitted it, but he was mm-hmm. hurt. But I told you, what did I say then? He I, loves football. I said he loves football, and what should we do? Trust that he was going to be all right because he loves the game. So he rallied at the end of the year. And he rallied at the end of the year because Frank Clark thinks of himself as a football player. Like, so this means everything to him. To, like, not play crushes. He, he can't even fathom it. And, like, to have that kind of guy who's playing through stuff, who this clearly matters to, football character, like, that matters to a team, and you're seeing it. That dog mentality, it mattered on Sunday. He took that as a personal affront to his manhood, this Derrick Henry talk. He did. And 69 yards, and he got the talk. So did you kudos see the to him. quote before the game from I saw Saturday? I saw it all. That's, that's Frank Clark. Quote, he's not hard to hit. He's just a big guy. 240, 245, 250. <laughs> Honestly, he should be running harder at his weight and at his size. I don't see no difficulty in tackling him. He's just easy to me up front because I don't look at any running back like they can't be tackled. He's Listen. not one of the best guys at breaking tackles to me, honestly. Frank Clark is not scared of anybody. Like he's not that, scared that's what of you anything. Got from that? He's not scared of anything. He's not he's not so like on the football field, just listen. This is the kind of guy that helps put a little steel in your spine as a defense. You need some of that. And, you know, they're going to need some of that in a couple weeks here because we know this 40, and we'll talk about them, but the outside zone's coming, baby. And it's going to be, it's not going to be as much about blunt force as it is with the Titans, as much as gap discipline, physicality, and getting after them. And the, the same thing is going to be needed, though. It's going to be take it as a personal affront to you when they keep trying to run outside zone 20 times. You mentioned Frank Clark, how you trusted him, and it was because of his health. He actually had a really great quote yesterday on his health. He was talking to Bob Fesco on the field after the game. This is not a quote that's been getting a lot of publicity, but I want to play this for you, Therese, because I think it kind of goes to your point. Listen to this. After week six, I told him what was going on with my body. My body was breaking down. I didn't know what was going on, you know. You just pray everything goes right. You know, I go out and get checked by doctors. My doctors tell me I shouldn't even play for the rest of the season. They tell me I need to get surgery, stop playing. Before I heard some, you know, down the road for a longer term. At the end of the day, man, I trusted my doctors here at the Chiefs. I trusted everything that was telling me. Like I said, Rick Buckholder, the greatest staff on the planet. They told me I was able to do it. They, I trusted them. Man, they put me on a great plan. And I come out here and I finish probably, hey, some would say one of the best second halves of the season you can ever play in 10 games. I mean, that's he great. pretty openly says they told me to shut it down. And I said, no. I'm not doing that. I'm going to trust their plan for me. I think I'm going to be fine. I can't shut this down. I'm not willing to do that. This is a dude that just got paid. This is a dude right. that has his money that's guaranteed. He's not playing for money. He got his $100 million already. So what does that tell you about him? He loves football. He wants to be out there. And so, like, I, I think if I'm a Chiefs fan and I hear that quote after right. that game, after the way that he's played the last six, seven, eight weeks of the season – that makes me feel really confident in what he's going to be moving forward. Because if this was him at 60, 70, 80, whatever the percent is that he's at right now, if he can be even better moving forward, you feel fantastic about the investment that the team made in him. Frank Clark genuinely cares about being great, just like Honey Badger does, just like Mahomes does. You know, like, listen, that more than anything is one of the hardest things in football to accurately scout because everybody says they want to be great. 
and like college coaches don't always admit when a guy like a guy's personality. So when you find great players who genuinely care about the game and are competitive like that and care about being great, you hit the jackpot. Look, Frank Clark's going to do everything he can to get right and and leave the best legacy he can have, he he can for his career. And you know, I, I if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl, <laughs> he'll have some big moments. And like Frank Clark's like one step away from like taking like his reputation and his legacy too to like another level, right? It's like Rasheed Wallace, the old four Pistons. He guaranteed a win over the oh, Pacers. God. He's going to he do that, isn't no, he? Yeah, Tur- well, Tur- <laughs> Frank Clark's going to do that. I, I didn't even think about the possibility. But there was well, a hu- I, I don't know. Somebody's going to go will. him into it's it now. It's either yeah. going to be Richard Sherman or Frank Clark. Like, if you have They're the both Vegas gonna do odds. It. They're both going to do it. It's like, no, I guarantee. No, I guarantee. It's going to be like, for those of you that gamble, it's like minus 110 on Frank Clark and like minus 120 <laughs> on, on uh, Richard That'd Sherman right now. Yeah, you know what happened. One of them would do it, and then the other one's going to be asked about it, and they'd be like, oh, okay, well, I guarantee. It, it'd be fun. It'd be funny. But that, that kind of goes into something I think we were just talking about, which is that this is going to be a really fun Super Bowl during the lead-up to it. These are two teams that haven't really been here together before. Um, it's fresh to them with two coaches, really good point, who, like, believes in kind of letting their players be who they are. So the lead-up is actually going to be fun to this. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome, and I want to get into a lot of it on the other side. I think there's a ton of storylines in the Super Bowl. Like, normally there's a few here and there, yeah. and some of that is just because typically you've got the Patriots, and we've kind of gone through all of the storylines that there are with the Patriots, and so it's kind of about their opponent. I think there's probably a half dozen, maybe even more, of like legitimately compelling storylines going into the Super Bowl. We'll get to some of the best, and we want to read some of your text messages. The Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl for the first time in 50 years. We want to hear from you. The text line, Smitty's Garage, Burgers and Beer text line is 69306. Get them in. We'll get to all of it on the other side. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. The Therese Paler Show, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. I'm Brandon Kylie. He is Therese Paler. Get involved. The Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer text line is 69306. Therese, we were talking about the Super Bowl and all of the different storylines that are going to be happening over the next week, two weeks, uh, while we're down there in Miami. I think this is a really compelling matchup between these two teams, between the 49ers and the Chiefs, and a lot of it is because of what you said. These are two coaching staffs, and specifically the guys that are the head coaches, and Andy Reid and Kyle Shanahan, that actually let their guys be personalities. Like, they get to show their personalities out in public in a way that when the Patriots are out there, they're not able to do. And so with that being said and that out front as kind of the the starting point, man, there are some characters on both of these teams that are going to be really interesting to see at the media days. Yeah, and I I, I think that that kind of ties into the – Ties into the fact that there's some really good players on both teams that happen to be really good talkers. Um, You know, I think D Ford's going to have a lot to say. You know, I think Richard Sherman, obviously, he's not going to be shy about this team. He'll he'll have some. He'll give this team a little steel in its spine for sure. Um, You know, you're going to be able to Emmanuel Sanders. I think he'll talk a little bit. A little bit. I think. A little bit. <laughs> I think Sanders to talk a little bit. Remember when he yeah. almost came to Kansas yeah. City? I've got some questions. <laughs> I've got a question or two yeah. that I would like to ask. Yeah, well, he's here's a hint. It's gonna say, he's going to say something to the effect of, obviously, it was the right decision. Yeah. I won a Super Bowl. Uh, but, I played but, with Peyton Manning. Right, yeah, it worked yeah. out pretty well. <laughs> you but, see my checkbook? It, it, it's gone well for me. 
this matchup has actually managed to make me look to do the impossible, which is look forward to Super Bowl media night. I will I will add that this is like maybe one thing I don't think fans should probably go to because it's literally you guys coming into like an NBA arena and watching us like a cloister of reporters in the center of the arena interviewing people. You don't really get to like get a whole lot from it. But so unless you want to just be close, kind of close to the players, okay. But I, look, I'm, I just want you guys to go enjoy it. Um, and, and it, I, adding in with the Super Bowl media night thing, I'm looking forward to it. A lot of reporters are because we're gonna get some some quotes that fill out our stories. I can tell you that right now. That's actually gonna be a very fruitful night. So. I made a list of some of what I think will be the top storylines to come out of next week in the media. Um, Number one, the number one story that we're going to hear about over the next two weeks is Andy Reid. Andy Reid will be the top storyline looking for his first title. There's legacy on the line. There's current future, like what what this means for the NFL. Like everything you could want in a story, Andy Reid's legacy has it. So the first title for him I think is going to be the number one storyline. Number two, I think it's Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is looking to become the most accomplished young quarterback in the history of the NFL. Full stop. No quarterback ever, from what I can recall, in the first three years went to two AFC championship games, won an MVP, and won a title. Like, no, yes. No, it's true. That's the title is what will differentiate him from Dan Marino. That's what's the difference. And you've got like Kurt Warner, but Kurt Warner in his first year did that. And then there was a gap right. year and then went back to it. So in his first two years as a starter, nobody's accomplished as much if Mahomes gets the title as he will have accomplished if he's able to do that on Sunday, uh, on two Sundays from now. So Patrick Mahomes to me, number two storyline of the, uh, of the week. I like it. I co-sign on that. I like it. And these other three, I think are tied for third. Okay. D Ford, Frank Clark. <laughs> the switch of defensive ends, the, okay. the okay. lottery of who, who, what these teams decided to do right. at the position. Okay, Kyle Shanahan nearing the list of one of the best coaches in the NFL, and the Jimmy Garoppolo trade. I think we are okay. going to get a heavy Ooh, confluence of that's smart. Jimmy G, Tom the Brady, Patriots yes. trading because him, they can get Tom say, Brady in the headline oh, yeah. too. Oh yeah, Jimmy G is going to be a huge storyline this week. Definitely, as well. I actually I feel like the Frank Clark D Ford thing is like something that we think is going to be big, but like I think people are going to really gravitate to that Jimmy G Tom Brady story. Like, because you have to get Tom Brady in the headline is pretty. They don't nobody care nationally about. You know our our defensive ends, but D Ford's gonna you know? give you good quotes. So, or well, excuse me, th- Frank Clark's well, gonna give will. you good quotes. You know, I, I think, <laughs> I think it's gonna require those two to kind of throw some gas on that fire, like that little media night. I mean, D Ford, Frank I mean, Clark literally said last well, year they were four inches away, and I said that bleep well, is the, not gonna happen anymore. <laughs> well, here's the, th- I mean, look and look, they keep saying the phrase we're four inches away. I still feel like come next week it's gonna take. Another di- very direct answer from Clark. And then, like, D4 being like, you know, yeah, I mean, it took more than that. Like, I don't really look at it. Like, it, it's going to I was take- waiting for the D4 in person. <laughs> you, you I gave it to you, you a little bit. I halved, I halved it a little bit on you. Um, What was your second one? Mahomes? Well, no, uh, Kyle Shanahan was the Shanahan, other one. Yeah. Shanahan, Garoppolo, uh, D4. Okay. Here's one thing I'll tell you about Shanahan. Nationally, the people I talk to, he's already there. Like, you are going to start seeing people try to raid his coach tree very soon. Like this is real. Like he's uh 
he is already regarded as like an incredible play caller. Like an incredible. I think he's a better play caller than Andy. I think Andy's a better play designer, Mm -hmm. especially in the passing game. I think Shanahan's run game design is unbelievable, but I think Shanahan's a better in-game play caller than Andy. I'm not going to go that far. I feel like, you know, he's got to – the Super Bowl thing doesn't help him. Uh, um, As good as he is, it doesn't help him. Um, so I'm not really to get a. Oh, I didn't think about that one. Yeah. The redemption story for both coaches. Right, that's what it is. That's where the one story of these line co- is. one of these coaches is gonna get off the hook, basically. The redemption, and the other one's gonna twenty-seven be. to three. So Andy's twelve-minute, two-minute drill. Let's let's replace that one with that. I like it. Like that it's one of these coaches is getting off the hook for their past playoff failures. Am I missing anything? Like, is there anything I that I so. didn't? You know what? One will be. And we, we're not going to like it here in Kansas City, but this is going to be a story nationally the week of the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. I can only imagine. Yeah. Tyreek and Frank. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tyreek and Frank will be a story that it's not going to be a pretty story. It's not going to be one that we are going to enjoy reading, but that's I didn't even think about that beforehand, but that'll be a story that is definitely. You know what? That'll be on Chiefs PR to have those guys ready. Mm-hmm. I, I can tell you this much. They're not going to be surprised by it. Those guys will know the questions will come. Um, they're both going to be available at media night. They're going to have to answer the questions. Like, they're going to be made available. So, you know, this is a busy week for everybody to get involved. Um, everybody involved to get ready. Because you're right, the questions on, the, on that are coming. Um, and they need to be ready to answer the questions. So, um, you know, that would be something where people will kind of jump on to a little bit. Um, you know, but I, <laughs> working here, covering this team for seven years, I'd be stunned if they're not ready to answer those questions. They'll be ready. It's just it's still going to be an ugly thing to have to it will go be. through. But you got to um, also remember this, too. They can they can control it a little bit with how they choose to answer questions. And you also have to remember this. There's going to be a million and one stories written. That's true. This week. That's true. And, you know, one of the markets isn't going to want to hear about it really at all. So one of the markets involved isn't going to really want to. So, like. I guess my thing is, like, that is going to be a story, and that would be something people talk about, but there's going to be a lot of stories. And if you're the Chiefs, I'm sure what they're going to be focusing on is, like, listen, you get you guys ready to answer these questions, let's just focus on winning a game. And at the end of the day, you just bake on the fact people care. In the end of the day, people are going to be worried more about what happens in the game than your storylines leading up to it. Two other storylines that I didn't think about that I should have added on my list or that, that I didn't have on my list that should have been there. Kelsey versus Kittle. That's going to be yeah, a big that's one. that's easy. That's yeah. going to be a big one. It's it's super easy. They'll Who's both the best talk tight end in like pro that, football? Yeah, I got that's it. That's going to be an easy debate. That That's for sure going to be one. And the other one will be the quarterback situation where the Chiefs always taking the retreads from the Niners. Can we? Okay, so I think the Kelsey-Kittle one is going to get more traction. And that's one that could actually get a little fire on it if Kelsey talks. Like, if Kelsey, like, Do you wants think he to... will? I mean, listen, this is the first time Travis has been on the big stage. Travis, Travis. is going for those endorsements. <laughs> like, I'm just saying. You know, <laughs> Sunday, that, that, that post-game presser, that post-game, uh, that, that quote, that was 100% a, a, a he, hey, Bud Light. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm your man. <laughs> I am available. I am here. Dude. I am more than happy to do an endorsement for Dude, you. Kels, like, if Kels played in New York, like, he'd be a bigger star. Like, because Yes, like yes. I think he's going to say some stuff. I, now, maybe he won't if he's asked to tone it down and he complies, but my hunch is that this is a massive stage for Travis Kelsey, one he's probably been waiting for a long time. 
Um, there will be a celebration if he scores a touchdown. And I'm hoping that we see Kels, for real. We, we, we get some colorful quotes from him. He's Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kylie. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. Let's finish the, this thing out by getting some texts from the listeners. 69306 is the Smitty's Garage Burgers and Beer text line. Therese, are you concerned with the Chiefs' lack of a running game given how great the 49ers' pass rush is? Could that ultimately be an issue for them in this game? I mean, a little bit because I'm old school. And I th- I, you know, I, it always concerns me when you face teams that can dominate the ball and you can't really kind of do it with them. But you have Patrick Mahomes. So that rush might be strong. And it is actually really strong. <laughs> Their defensive front is great. You know, but, you know, who's, Mahomes might just pirouette away and just run outside the pocket and then throw a 20-yard dart. Like it, So, yes, the, the answer is yes. It does concern me, but, like, much less than it would if it was literally any other quarterback. 69306 is the text line. Therese, what do you think has come over Sorensen? Is it scheme, spags, honey badger? What's going on here? Perfect marriage of a player who's in his prime. Like, Daniel Sorensen's like 27, right? Something like that. And he's being used by a good defensive coordinator who puts him in position to do what he does best. The perfect marriage of, like, player and scheme. And one other thing a player told me I, I kind of appreciated recently, you know, things were complicated for the defense last year. Like, there was a lot going on as far as responsibilities. So they had a lot of things they were asked to do. They're asked to do much less. They're just asked to do much less, a lot better, a, very well. And the players really, really appreciate it. And I think you're seeing them play more decisively and more aggressively because of that. Another guy who has a little bit on the line, Spags. Yes. He's able, if he's able wow. to get another Super Bowl after what he did in 07, he's already remembered right. as putting together one of the better game plans to stop one of the best offenses we've ever seen. He's able to do that again in the Super Bowl. That's and huge. That's, that's pretty significant for that dude Absol- in terms of like the lore of what he can be as a defensive coordinator. You know, he, Head coach and run didn't go great for him, right? This is a chance for his legacy, too. Like, that's a really good point, man. Like, God, three Super Bowls for that dude? Like, that'd be huge. That'd be massive. Like, I would love to see the list of coordinators that have had that many. That'd be great. I I would love to actually look that up. Uh, 69306 is the text line. Just a random shout-out to Therese. You're the best in the football business, and I appreciate you taking the time to do a show each and every week. I love listening to you guys. Oh, thanks, man. You know, me and BK appreciate that. We work hard on this show, and I, I certainly appreciate your support, too. Thank you so much from the bottom of my, my heart. My favorite thing I do here at Six Cent Sports Radio is this very show. I love doing the drive. This is the best thing that I do. I love it each and every week. So thank you guys so very much for listening. Uh, 69306, Therese, how about the season that Tano passed? put together my dude Tano was amazing on Sunday your dude my all juice defensive end in 2017 yes I'm quite happy to see Tano Passanio show up um that's the kind of guy that if I were another team I'd be looking to poach when his contract comes up because he's young he loves the game he's a freak athlete and his best football still ahead of him he is absolutely somebody I'd be looking to poach and pay Therese, we're winding things down. I'm not going to ask you for an official prediction. We can do that next week. Okay. But what are you most looking forward to in this game? Like, as you start kind of doing the deep dive into what this matchup's going to bring, what are you most looking forward to from a kind of 10,000-foot view? It's, it's football, Nirvana, in a lot of ways. Two great offensive coaches, some great pass rushers, some colorful characters, surreal stakes for both coaches. Um Potential coronation of the best young quarterback in football. So many storylines, a tremendous atmosphere. It'll be Miami. The weather, all of it's going to be fantastic. 
It's supposed to be snowing all week. It's going to be not, so great. Not us, BK. It's going to be great. If you can make it, make it. You won't regret it. Super Bowl week is awesome. He's Therese Paler. I'm Brandon Kylie. It is the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. Huge thanks to Chris Unocero for helping Thank us you, on Chris. this. We'll be back next week for Therese. I'm Brandon Kylie, the Therese Paler Show on 610 Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.